On the way home from church one day, a family was complaining about the service they'd just attended. The music was sure awful today, said the mom. Yes, and I thought that young half-bald preacher would never stop talking, replied the dad. After a brief pause, they heard a voice of their daughter from the back seat. Yeah, but you must admit it, it was pretty good. Pretty good show for ten bucks. The little joke highlights for me how much of why we don't experience the power and presence of God as much as we might like in both our lives and in a worship experience. It's because our focus is often in the wrong place. It's because we get caught up in what we like or dislike or think should happen instead of simply seeking God, instead of living daily in step with him and listening to hear his voice in all areas of our lives. As we know, today is Palm Sunday. Today is the day that Jesus Christ made his triumphant entrance into Jerusalem. And today marks the beginning of the last week our Lord was on the earth. It's the beginning of the most significant week of our faith. The week where we walk once again through Jesus' death and resurrection. This is not a normal week. It's an important week. The most important week of our faith. So my question this morning is this. Where is your focus this week? And if we turn to scripture, at this point in time, Jesus was very well known. Many people spoke of his popularity and fame. Many of these people had either witnessed or heard about his miracles and signs. He'd healed numerous people, restoring sight to the blind, making the lame walk, casting out demons, healing the lepers, and perhaps the most powerful of all the signs. He'd brought Lazarus back to life after four days of being dead. His reputation and ministry had a great impact in the world back then. People poured out into the streets to receive him. The people came to receive the one that they saw as the Messiah. But something happened that changed the minds of these people. They had originally received him joyfully, but what happened? Why did it happen? And these are some of the questions we're going to explore today. But the whole point of my message this morning is to invite you to worship God fully today and over the next seven days to allow him to refocus you and your family on the thing which is of primary importance, your relationship with God. To encourage you to make this week a time of celebration of the death and resurrection of our Lord. And I want to challenge you to take the first part of this next week, today through Wednesday, to concentrate time personally with Jesus. However you like to do that, just you and God spending time together. And then to take the second half of the week, Thursday through to next Sunday, to participate in corporate worship, to join us as we gather as a church on Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. That might sound like a lot, but it isn't really much compared to what Christ has done for each one of us. And I know that God will speak to you and allow you to experience him. But let's take a look at our scripture reading for today, John 12 verses 12 to 19. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written. Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed the sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. The first thing that we see in our reading is the multitude of people in Jerusalem. The people had come for the celebration, the celebration of Passover. The name Passover comes from the Hebrew word pech samech shet, meaning to pass through or to pass over. And God had passed over the Jewish houses when he was slaying the firstborn of Egypt. And the root of this word is seen for the first time in Exodus 12:23, For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. The Israelites were not affected by this plague because they had done as God had instructed. So for them, this date marks the birth of the Jewish nation as they were freed from their enslavement, and they were made servants of God. And so for this day, God made it a day of celebration for them. And this celebration continues to be very special to the Jewish people. It's a family gathering with great feasts, prayers, and much more. In Israel, Passover is a seven-day holiday. The first and last day are celebrated with a grand festival. So for them, on that day, it was the joy of the Passover that they were experiencing. And we read that. We see that they had a joyful spirit, but unfortunately it was only temporary. These people were under the dominion of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire governed them with an iron hand. They felt weak and oppressed because Rome took their money, had very strict rules, and performed crucifixions. Many had said that the Jewish people were waiting for the Messiah to arrive. The people were anxiously awaiting for their king to arrive. He would free them from their suffering. And when Jesus rode into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, these people all saw it as the prophecy coming true. They knew Zechariah 9 verse 9, and we read, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the fall of a donkey. They were anxiously awaiting for this prophecy to come true. They were anxiously awaiting for the arrival of the king who would defeat the Roman Empire. And due to all of this, they were convinced that he would fulfill the prophecy and they, they would be finally free. And if we turn to Matthew's gospel in Matthew 21, verses 8 and 9, it says, And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. The multitude had gathered were praising Jesus. They were lifting their voices in joyful celebration. But most importantly, they were lifting their hearts to him. And they were doing this because they felt in their hearts that the Messiah had arrived. How many of us would do the same thing? 
Who can lift their voice right now and shout, Hosanna to the Son of David, with the same amount of joy? Who can lift a shout of joy right now and say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord? Who can lift their voice and shout Hosanna in the highest? Maybe you need to wake up the person next to you and say, Praise God! All of us here can. We can lift up our voices and joyfully shout to the Lord. All of us here can lift up our hands and our hearts to God and welcome Him into our lives. But what happens after He enters our lives, but does not act the way we wanted or expected? What happens when everything that we had is turned upside down because of Him? Do we continue to shout Hosanna in the highest? The sad reality is that the majority of the cases, it doesn't happen. In majority of cases, that passionate love that we once felt fades away. When God does not act or perform the way we think he should perform, the joy turns to anger and the praise to rebellion. And this is exactly what happened with those people. For them, that joy of Passover, it started to fade but they still had joy in their spirit because it was also a day filled with joy of anticipation. They were waiting to be freed from the Roman Empire. They were anxiously waiting for the king to come and round up an army. They wanted to remove the Roman occupation from their land, but it didn't happen. This man named Jesus in whom they put their faith, Jesus, their next king, according to prophecy, did not try to assemble an army. Jesus did not try to unite the people and leaders of the different communities. He did the unexpected. He revealed their sin and wicked ways. If we go back to Matthew's gospel, in verses 12 to 13 in chapter 21, Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. This man who would be the next king according to prophecy did not say that he would stop Rome from taking their money through taxes. Instead, he told them to pay for it. In Matthew 22, tell us therefore what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. So they brought him a denarius, and he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. Jesus did not attempt to unite the leaders and raise an army. Instead, he uncovered their sin and wicked ways. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs which indeed appear beautiful and outwardly, beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Matthew 23. Or 20? Yeah, 23. Do you realize what Jesus really did? Jesus did everything that they did not expect. Jesus did everything they didn't want. And that is why their praises were silenced and the joy in their hearts turned to anger. And sometimes this attitude is still among believers today. And I say this because it's very easy to praise God when everything's going well or going the way we think it should go. 
It's very easy to praise and worship God when the circumstances appear favorable. It's very easy to maintain the joy in our heart when Christ glorifies himself and the obstacles in our life fall away. But what happens when things don't go our way? What happens when the circumstances don't appear favorable and we experience difficulties? What happens when God just won't act the way we want him to act or expect him to act? If we are honest with ourselves, all of us here will admit that the joy in our heart simply begins to fade. And praising and worshiping God becomes something difficult to do. But one very true fact about our God is that on occasion, he will not give us what we ask. But we can be sure of one thing. He will always give us what we need. And this is something that is very well reflected on from Philippians 4.19. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This small verse teaches that God will provide for our needs. But as I said, the problem is that what we want is not always what we need, and vice versa. And this is what happened to that multitude that day, and it still happens today. They wanted something specific. They wanted freedom from Roman oppression. But because they focused only on what they wanted, because they only focused on what was surrounding them, they failed to see that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords had, a, had in fact arrived in Jerusalem. And in John 1 verses 10 and 11, we read the words, He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. Because they did not follow God, but instead they followed their fleshy needs. They failed to see that the Messiah they were so anxiously expecting had come to free them from much more than just their earthly needs because God did not act the way that they were expecting and wanting. He came to give them eternal life. They wanted freedom from Roman oppression. God's plan was much, much more. But because they could not understand these things, because Jesus did not act the way they expected him to act, the joy of his arrival quickly died. The praises to his name were silenced and they all separated from him. Because Jesus did not act the way they'd expected, everything that they'd learned, everything that they'd witnessed, everything that they'd heard, all of the miracles, all of the signs, it was like it had all been erased. The Jewish people wanted to be freed from the Roman Empire, but Jesus came to free them from much more than that. The Jewish people wanted Jesus to act in a certain way, but Jesus did exactly the opposite. Jesus acted to accomplish the will of the Father and not the will of men. They failed to realize that the prophecy had been fulfilled and that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords had arrived in Jerusalem. They failed to understand all of this because their sight was focused on their earthly needs and wants and not on the will of God. And when we think that Jesus will give us a trouble-free life or one that makes us rich, We've missed the point of who Jesus is. So I ask you, do you continue lifting up your hands and raising your voice in joyful celebration, saying Hosanna in the highest? Or have you allowed the circumstances of this world? Or do the thoughts that dwell in your mind destroy the joy in your heart? Don't allow 
the same things that stopped those multitude of people from seeing his true nature stop you. Don't allow anything to kill the joy that knowing him can bring you. Don't allow your way of thinking or your expectations to distance you from God. Shout out with a joyful voice now. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel.